Hello and welcome to the How to Not Marry a Jerk podcast. This is a countercultural conversation about how to do relationships the biblical way. I hope in all that we say, you hear the loving voice of a father who's got a great future for you. My name is Nate Swanson. I'm the lead pastor at New City Church in Great Falls, Montana. I am joined by my beautiful wife, Rachel. Hey, it's me. Our church's youth pastor, Aaron Seibert. Hello. And his amazing wife, Megan. Hey. Come on, let's dive into today's discussion. All right, we are diving in. Welcome to the podcast. Uh, This is How to Not Marry a Jerk, the podcast. Yes, it is. And uh, why don't we take a minute and introduce ourselves? Although, before we introduce ourselves even, I've got to say that the title of this is obviously clickbait Mm -hmm. to a degree, right? How to Not Marry a Jerk. Hopefully, you get more out of this than just simply How to Not Marry a Jerk. But um, maybe it got you here. Yeah, absolutely. Did did it get you here? (laughs) That's That's typically how I watch 90% of stuff on YouTube. (laughs) Oh, interesting. (laughs) Yeah. Okay, so let's introduce ourselves. Um, We are uh, excited to dive into this, and you may not be because you don't know who we are. So hopefully over the course of time, that'll change. Uh, Let's get to know each other a little bit. Uh, At the far end of the table. My name is Aaron, and I'm the youth pastor at New City Church, and I'm married to this wonderful lady. Yes, I'm Megan. We're married. (laughs) <laughs> and I'm Rachel. And she's my wife. Not Money. married to a jerk. <laughs> Thank so you So I feel much. like an expert in there this topic. There have been oh. days. There <laughs> have been days. Uh, my name's Nate. I'm the lead pastor at New City Church in Great Falls, Montana. And uh, we are... Yeah, we're doing this. This feels so weird. <laughs> <laughs> it does feel weird. All right, so uh, if, you're, if you're listening to this, uh, you're probably... Uh, you're probably among the 99.9% of people who are digesting this uh, with audio only. We actually are recording this on video right now. I don't know if we'll ever use that video for anything. Yeah. So if you um, at some point want to watch the video, um, yeah, good luck with that. I, I don't know. I don't know how that's going to go. We'll see. Yeah. Maybe she, they could just text us and Rachel could just send it personally. Yeah. A text I'll do message. That. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It'd yeah. Seem really text reasonable. Rachel. She'll send you the video. She'll, she'll, she'll airdrop Here it to you. Here is an hour long video for you to watch. <laughs> you're going to love it. We should say we don't know exactly how long each of these episodes is going to go. Uh, if you're interested in this topic, you might just want to like keep listening. I keep looking at the camera as though anybody's watching. I, I'm just uh, watch. I'm, I'm just going to ignore that. All right? yeah, Let's call. just Makes talk sense. to each other. That's what we're doing. We're talking to each other. Uh, if you're listening to this topic, if you're interested in this topic, uh, maybe you're fine to just listen as long as we have anything relevant to share. And I do believe we have things that are relevant to share. Uh, I look around this table and I see a lot of wisdom, a lot of grace. I'm excited about that. Um, but we're really not going to aim for like a tight 40 minutes or 28.2 or whatever. Like we're just going to, we're going to talk and, uh, each episode will kind of stand on its own, but be linked to others as well, uh, in terms of their content. But, um, before you hear any more from us, a little bit more about us, I've got to ask Aaron and Megan who married up between the two of you who married up. That's a great question. I very clearly married up. Way out of my league on that one. So <laughs> Okay. Get specific. In in what ways do you not deserve her? Oh man, that's a great question. I think in the reality of just growing up, me coming from a background of a lot of decisions and choices that were really poor, 
and then marrying into somebody that's done life really well for a long period of time and honored Jesus with a majority of her life, I think, in that thing. And then beyond that, she's, like, incredibly gifted. Like, she's super, uh, what's the word? Well, beyond musical, but I'm trying to think of, like, she puts... I share something and she makes it happen. Like she provides the structure and like, so she puts things to work that I could never make work. Oh, thanks. There's a word for it, but I don't know. I can't think of it. I don't know. The, the lady knows how to produce. <laughs> yeah. She really puts out. <laughs> <laughs> Whoa. Oh, gosh. All right. Well, things are getting saucy. <laughs> Episode one. PG-13, this podcast Cut. is rated. Yeah. <laughs> if you have kids, you might want to stop listening now. You probably should have stopped. Put the AirPods in. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Megan, do you heartily agree? He married up? <laughs> I mean, sure. It's hard sure. to disagree, right? Yeah, it's that was to... really kind. I feel like I married up in the sense of like he has He's all... taller. Well, Literally, that is true. Yeah. He's much taller than I am. Um, I feel like his um, social skills are far better than mine. He's just like way better at talking to people, and I'm usually like... He's got a way with words. Uh, <laughs> yeah, sure. <laughs> Um, away with people. But so I feel like that's one of the qualities that I married up in. And then also in our relationship to get more spiritual and serious, he's typically quicker to repent. Like mm. he is really good at that. So you're probably in a good relationship if you both feel like you've married up. Yeah. 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 I think that'd be a good test. And I, I, I think to just voice some affirmation for what you shared, uh, for what each of you shared. Yeah. Aaron has a unique gift to just connect with people. And I think that's fun to, uh, fun to watch and uh it's totally beneficial to have in in my life as a friend because if i'm ever in a social setting and i just feel like not being social i know that i can just kind of coast and let aaron like spend all of his <laughs> extra energy <laughs> and we're good to go uh yeah. and megan is absolutely uh, very gifted very godly very wise uh, just a great lady overall so rach how do you feel knowing that you married up? <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say, should I ask this question so Nate doesn't have to? So, <laughs> you should. So Rachel, I kind of spun it a you? little bit. I yeah. it a little bit, yeah. <laughs> well, before you ask that question, I was going to say, I, I genuinely do feel like I oh, married up because I think... Anybody who knows us as a couple knows that that is absolutely not true. Well, it is... I don't know. It's interesting and... Maybe that's a key to a really great marriage is just thinking that way always because mm. I, it genuinely is the thoughts that I have is that you I are better than me. Like you're smarter, you're a better leader, you're, uh, you're good with people, you understand situations. Like I just think... We're going to go ahead and extend the length of this podcast because she's got more to say. I think we ought to hear it. Let's hear it, honey. Let's Keep dive going. In. Deep dive. Keep, don't, don't let me shut you down. You're a good builder. <laughs> you do genuinely like help us. I, like I would have all the ideas in the world and never get anything done and you actually get things done and help us accomplish things. And I get really excited about something outlandish and you help actually make it happen because when it's about to happen, I get really nervous about like going for it. And um, so, yeah, I genuinely do feel like. I feel like you bring the best out of me for sure. There's so many times we're in different situations and I think I would not even be in this room if it weren't for my wife. Like I wouldn't be in this friendship. I wouldn't be in this conversation. I wouldn't be in this slot of ministry. I think we, we were so weird. We have this consistent conversation of like, okay, if I die young, who can you remarry and all that kind of stuff. And I think 
if if she dies young, I'm just I'm just gonna throw in the towel. I'm gonna be like, kids, you know what? The house, everything's yours, and I'm just gonna nap a lot. I just I cannot <laughs> imagine my life without you. There's <laughs> like you give me confidence and joy and energy and 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 opportunity. I really believe you you give me opportunity I wouldn't have otherwise. So if you know Rachel, she is an encourager. She's like a ton of fun, uh, loves people endlessly, sees the good in everybody, and even in the the weirdos, even in the weirdos, she it's like she just she doesn't even see him as weird. She just sees him as like how unique and fun that God made this person this way. Yeah. Yep. If you're a weirdo out there, my life my wife would like you. Raise a hand to a weirdo. Woo! To the weirdos. <laughs> weirdos. To the weirdos. All right. Are we really going to keep this beginning? <laughs> yeah, this is phenomenal. I've really enjoyed it. I feel like it's a little long, but maybe we can just cut to the chase now. All right, no, we no, we have to have our opening question, you guys. Oh, yeah. Because we're yeah. talking about here marrying up. Uh, who have you seen? We're going to keep it in the vein of, like, do not name real people, please. But okay. who have you seen in TV and movies? Who? What's a, what's a couple you've seen where you just thought, looked at one of them and you just thought, oh, you could do so much better? You're just cringing. You don't even want to watch the next, next episode or, or that scene just irritates you because person A is dating or married to person B and person B is a slug. They're just not the right person. Come on, there's all kinds of examples. I'll, I'll throw out a really easy one, okay? Like like Gabe and Aaron on The oh, Office. Yeah. If you're an office yeah. person, Gabe is, he's just pasty and weird and creepy in all mm-hmm. these weird ways. And Aaron is like fun and bubbly Adorable. and innocent and cool. Yeah. And you just No think, offense, Gabe. But you're weird. Gabe, if you're listening. <laughs> yeah, right he's probably super offended. What about celebrities? I can only think of... No, oh, no, no, no. You can't uh, name real people. But I, can't, I, I just know. don't think of movies. I feel like everybody on earth would agree with this one. Okay. Taylor Swift and John Mayer. John Mayer was not in a great era for her. Oh. Like, I do like the guy. He has great music, but, like, just bad timing. Evidently, I'm not aware enough of... This was years ago. Oh, so long ago. Oh, but okay. she was like just seven sweet albums ago. And like so. innocent and still at the beginning of her career. And he he's got to be a like bit older a than her. Oh, oh yeah, I think lot. he's like 10 years older than her, maybe. Yeah. Wow. So, John, if you're listening, man. Sorry. Come on. <laughs> come on. Buddy. But you have great music and I would love to come to one of your concerts. <laughs> you know this, is a, this will eventually reach him. Yeah, yeah of course. He's yeah. probably already listening. The ripple effect hey, of social John. media is going to bring this right to his ears. It's going to be very offended. And then... Okay, I thought about this because I watched it the other day. Uh, I can say one line and you guys can guess it. We were on a break. Like oh. Ross and Rachel. Oh. Like he was so really? insecure. Like yeah. he was just like, if I would look at a guy and be like, How are you leading your spouse? Like his insecurity just like constantly sh- and I mean I'm that's probably part of his character, but like we were on a break. Like, man, you're just... No, I think it a... was David Schwimmer, the actor. He was the problem. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I Dave. I thought they were cute together. Like, he's a little yeah, bit nerdy, like a... and she's, like, super cute and sure, cool. Sure, and... but they want you to eventually love the relationship, right? Because it's that's crazy. Isn't it weird it. how they make you pull for that relationship? And when you, when you kind of, like, just pull back a little bit and look at the guy, you're like, I'm, I'm with you. I'm thinking, what a loser. Like he is so needs to be propped up constantly, and he's just and like he's he way like more dinosaurs? a boy than he is a man. Oh, and he's yeah. like Eeyore half the yeah. time. Like, yeah. rawr, rawr, rawr. but I watch that show and I find myself rooting for Ross. Then I'm like, wait a minute, I would never root for <laughs> Ross in real life. If this guy was my yeah. friend, he wouldn't be totally. my friend. Yeah, yeah. You're looking at me, and I don't know any examples. Okay. Here's a deep <laughs> cut: Tom and Jerry, Tom and the white cat. 
There's like cons- consistently this white. I know, I know. I was watching Tom and Jerry with the kids the other day, and there's consistently this like white cat that he's always going after, and she just always is like leaving him for like the other cat at the end of every episode. And he's just well, like, as long as we're in the an- animated world, how about Pepe Le Pew and Penelope the cat? Oh, uh, yeah, that's another one. <laughs> I'm just joking. I don't know I how we like, got here. I don't even know who those are. I, know. I don't feel oh, like really? I'm great at Okay, how about Roy and Pam from The Office? No, if you, if you've ever watched The yeah. Office, yeah, at the beginning of the yeah. whole series, she's with this guy in the warehouse, and he's just a jerk to her, mm-hmm. totally just just takes her for granted in every way. And then, of course, the show Painful. is built to make you root for Jim and Pam. Yeah. So yeah. Well, I think I don't watch The Office a ton, but like Michael and Jan, they're hold like on, both hold on, terrible. Hold on. No? Hold on. You... We're going to kick Megan off of this podcast. If what? you don't watch The Office, I'm just teasing. I'm te- please continue. Please continue. I was just saying. From Megan the has episodes, so much to offer. She's welcome here, even though she's not an Office fan. I've seen The Office enough to be relevant. Okay. And Michael and Jan's relationship just oh. makes me so mad because they just, they treat each other terrible. They're just yes. like using each other for all the snip, wrong snap, reasons. Snip, snap, snap, snap. Yeah. And Michael is also very insecure, of course, and weird and cringy at times and Jan could be this wonderful gal, but she's she's not. Yeah. Okay, but it's interesting how when he starts dating, who's the other lady? Holly. Which one? Oh, oh Holly. Then you're like, oh, Michael, you're, you're a great fella. Like, she brings out the best in him. Well, yeah. I know that's a good principle. About, yeah. But she really does. And they, they're like, she like eliminates the cringe. Yeah. All right, so this actually does have some value to our discussion today. Um, it, it is we we literally do want to have fun with this. We we you might be able to tell already. This is not going to be really well scripted. It's going to meander a little bit. We're going to hit some rabbit trails, and if we really hit a strong rabbit trail, this is completely useless. We'll put some uh, notes to you in in the episode descriptions, so you can skip, you know, from uh, minute seven to minute thirty seven or whatever it may be. <laughs> yeah, uh, my pin is ready but, to take. Notes. But the reason I bring up this question, like in terms of like watching these characters, or in Megan's case, real life people, uh, watching these characters <laughs> that you think are mismatched, there's nothing more painful it it, it can be humorous watching this on a a tv show or a movie but it's painful in real life when you're watching somebody and you're thinking oh you could do so much better you know and beyond marriage when they're married hey our job is root them on make it work we we want to pull for them and help them succeed but until you're married you got an option to like engaged ain't married dating ain't married so like it is so hard to watch somebody who you care about deeply who is in a relationship and they're obviously mismatched. And if nothing else, here's what we want to help you pull from this episode. The whole point of this podcast is going to be to help you raise your level of expectation for what your marriage could be and who it is that God could pair you with. Uh, This is aimed primarily at Christians. We're going to be speaking from a biblical perspective as much as possible. We're going to give scriptural footing for all that we share. And and I want want to encourage you to hear this. If you're not a believer in Christ, if you if you don't see the relevance of the Bible, then start with that relationship first. First, Jesus loves you. He died for you. And, yeah. and you're never going to know real fulfillment in any relationship until you understand who you are because of Christ. And so so if you're, if you're not yet a believer in Christ, uh, I'm telling you, I'm throwing the yet in on purpose. I believe he loves you and he's, and he's hunting you down uh, with passion and, and with compassion for you. So um, come to Jesus. 
is. He's 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 the best. All right, so understatement <laughs> of the podcast. Um, but we're we're going to be speaking from a scriptural standpoint. We're going to be, be speaking primarily to Christians. And I think if if there's anything in me that is just kind of an overarching prayer for this whole podcast. It's helping young people or, or older people, single people, raise their level of expectation. God has something wonderful for you. And I think depending on how long you've been single, you can lose hope for that. Right. And you can start to settle. And you can start to lower your standards and lower your level of expectation. And there can be even people in your life, well-meaning people who love you, who are finally just kind of fed up with your journey and they're thinking, you know what, why don't you like, like why don't you just get realistic? And I want to let you know that, that there are very biblical reasons for you to actually high, have high standards and high expectations. Maybe not necessarily your checklist of what the perfect person might look like, but let me, let me say it this way. Maybe expectations for the process, expectations mm-hmm. for the process. Instead of just winging it, what this podcast will outline more than anything else, is a strong intentionality with with understanding that who you marry, how you go about marrying them, and and the timing in the process, those three things are very, very important. Who it is that God wants you to attach yourself to, the process by which you you bring your lives together, and the timing. Those three things are really, really important, and we're going to kind of tackle those head on. Um, And I I promise you that there will be things that we say that maybe irritate you or kind of baffle you or confuse you, Um, and that probably should be common uh, in in a world that looks like ours. uh, I I don't mind being a countercultural voice if I have a scriptural reason to be a countercultural voice. So any thoughts on that really quick from those who are... On the mics. Yeah, I agree. It's countercultural. It doesn't make sense. What you see on social media is not what we're talking about. It's the opposite of that. And I think because a lot of our world, especially the generation that is probably more involved in dating, is more social and digital than ever. Like, they're watching a lot of false information and promise of a good life that is just not found in the Bible. Reflecting on what you've heard? Consider sending us your questions. When you email podcast at newcity.church, your feedback could shape one of our future episodes. It's a simple way to keep the podcast relational and relevant for you. Says this, and uh, this is actually the the very last part of the Old Testament in Malachi, chapter four, very last uh, bit of the Old Testament. It says this. It's speaking of the prophet Elijah. It's predicting the the coming ministry of John the Baptist in the New Testament. But it says in in Malachi four six, it says he will turn the hearts of the fathers to their children, and the hearts of the children to their fathers, or else I will come and strike the land. With a curse. And I think there's a lot of meaning to this. There's a lot of layers and depth to this. But ultimately, I believe you could you could simplify this for practical application by saying, as long as there's a rift between generations, things are gonna get ugly. As long as there's a separation between generations, things are gonna get dysfunctional. And and I love the way that it's requoted in the book of Luke. It's speaking about John the Baptist, and it's reckoning back to this same promise. 
And it says this, it, it requotes it. And speaking of John the Baptist, it says, he'll go on before the Lord. This is Luke 1.17. He'll go on before the Lord in the spirit and power of Elijah to turn the hearts of the fathers to their children. And listen to this, the disobedient to the wisdom of the righteous to make ready a people prepared for the Lord. So it says in Malachi, it says he's going to turn the hearts of the parents to the children and children to the parents. And it says it this way in Luke, to turn the hearts of the disobedient to the wisdom of the righteous. And I think there is something beautiful in the, in the local church family where God can take your life, no matter what kind of family you've been raised in, no matter what kind of guidance or coaching or, or mentoring you've had in this arena of relationship. And if you're willing to, you can actually see, even though your, your, your parents or those in your family maybe have not helped you a lot, if you're open to it, there's other people that can be a righteous voice. There's other people that can allow you to get kind of a new perspective, uh, a second chance. And as much as we're able, uh, my hope for this podcast is that we can, with, with the righteousness that we have and, and with, the, uh, with the wisdom that we have, that we can bring another perspective to help you raise your level of expectation. I, I remember Rachel and I were talking about this a while ago, and I don't remember the exact example we gave, but it was interesting. We were just thinking about like the way that families shape us. And if our kids had been raised in a family of like multi-million dollar, you know, multi-millionaires, you know, elite Ivy League graduates who all had their PhD in a variety of different disciplines. Like they would have drastically different conversations around the dinner table than our kids have at our <laughs> dinner table. Yeah. Yeah. Sorry, children. <laughs> <laughs> We've really let you down. But, but I mean, think about it. Like, like just put yourself, if you can, use your imagination to put yourself in that world. Yeah. There are different relationships they would have. There's different understanding that we would have, how they manage wealth, how they spend their time, how they study, you know, where they vacation. Drastically different environment to shape the next generation. And one thing I long for, as much as our kids did not get the benefit of that, one thing I love about our, our home is that our kids have grown with an understanding of the value of the local church family, the value of the scriptures, the value of right relationship. And I know there's many that are listening to this that have maybe, maybe never grown up with a mom and a dad that are saying, hey, like, not you can do better as in, you know, you need a guy with a, with a better salary or you can do better, you need a girl with a, with a trimmer waistline or whatever. But maybe you've never had a mom and dad who have allowed you uh, who, who've given you the perspective to evaluate a relationship from a spiritual standpoint. And if you're willing to receive it, not to name you as the disobedient from this passage, the disobedient with our hearts turned toward the wisdom of the righteous, but if, if you're willing to receive the wisdom that you find here and the wisdom and the, and the righteousness that you find in this discussion, I believe you're going to be better off. And, and there will be things that you hear that are countercultural and that things that bother you or annoy you and and, uh, and that being said, I want, I want to encourage you that all that we share will be from a heart of love. And in fact, there's things that we're going to share that we're going to share differently um, because my kids now, Rachel's and, and my kids are now at the age where a couple of them at least, they're of the age to, to date and to marry. And I'm thinking through things that I've taught in this discussion for years and I realize, you know what, I would actually think, I would think about that differently now. If every, if every woman listening were my daughter, I would, t 
teach this differently than I did in the years past. If every young man listening were, or, or old man listening, were every single man listening were my son, I, I would teach it differently than I did in the past. And so the things that you hear, as difficult as at times that they may seem, as countercultural or, or confusing as they may seem, please understand they are spoken with a heart of love from the heart of mothers and fathers, spiritual yeah. mothers and fathers. Yeah. Cybern's kids aren't ready for marriage yet, I don't think. There has been some suitors for, for Nora, but uh, we'd like to see some more things worked out in their life. How old is Nora at the time of this recording? Nora She's is seven. seven years old. Off the market, gentlemen. Yeah, nope. absolutely. Unless there's any eight-year-olds listening, you know, <laughs> no. pray hard. Hey. Uh, well, pray hard. No. We'll get into that later. Be patient. Be patient. Um, I do want to say, like in this vein, just that I don't think that, like we don't tell people, okay, let me rewind. When you find the person that you want to date, you want to marry, you want a chorus of people that are cheering you on and that are celebrating this. When Nate and I met, it was like people had us married the next day. Like everyone around us was like, this is good. This is right. We didn't have any caution whatsoever. Like no one around us was saying, uh, you could make it happen. <laughs> like. Yeah. People around us were truly like, this is so great. Like, it's obvious your personalities fit. You're spiritually, like, great together. And marriage is really hard. And I think when you go into it without a chorus of people around you that are, like, kind of pushing it, like, well, good luck when you're married. Like, that's not going to work out very well if you don't have a group of people. I mean, I, I think of when you guys got married Everybody was like, yeah, like we couldn't, it was like, you know, the Super Bowl. Like we were so excited to cheer you on when other people in our lives got married. It's like, yes, yes, yes. And then there's some that come to us and say, hey, should I date this person? And you're like, they are getting a chorus of people that are saying, uh, you might want to wait for this, like just being cautious about it. And then they go ahead and say, you know what? Throw caution to the wind. I'm in love. And they go for it. And you go to their wedding and you're like, oh, this is going to be hard. You're just like, I hope this goes well. Yes. I hope you have the right people. Yeah. Like you said, I think, I don't think we talked about this on the podcast, but like there's a lot of course correction that comes when you don't have people that are really in support because sometimes there's people, they, they can see things that you just can't. Yeah. And you're going through... One of the biggest commitments of your life, like obviously following Jesus is your greatest commitment. Second is your marriage. You're going through that. You want to know that you have a group of people that are like, yes, yes, yes. Pushing you forward in this. And Oh, you guys, like you got to know marriage can be so, so wonderful. Mm -hmm. And I think what's so sad is we don't see a lot of examples of that in our culture. Mm -hmm. Marriage is, is, you know, we, we're far more aware culturally of the decay of marriage and the problems of marriage and the yeah. angst of marriage than we are the joy of marriage. Yeah. And so we, we probably should have started here. This should have been the first thing we said in this podcast. Marriage can be absolutely so fun yeah. and so fulfilling right. and, and at the same time difficult. It is work. It's absolutely mm-hmm. work, but it is absolutely a joy. Let, let's talk. Yeah. Th- this episode is actually entitled Eeny, Meeny, Miny, Mo, mm. or the four ways that it can go. And I didn't even mean for those to rhyme. Right, that so, was really good, actually. Yeah, you, yeah, yeah. You could do eeny, meeny, miny, mo. Here are the fours. Wait, 
There are the four ways the this could go. It can go. I can't get Easy it out. Easy for you to say. <laughs> Not <Naughty>. Yeah. <laughs> All right, so let's I talk about the four ways it could go, and we'll we'll kind of wrap with this. I think you guys can reflect all you want, but number one, here's the way that your relationship can go. If you if you date well, you got the right person, and you and you you do it well. Your timing is good. Your method is good. Your your disciplines, your practice is good. You can date well, and you can marry, and you can have a phenomenal marriage. It'll still be work. But here's what you're doing. You're giving yourself a great foundation to work from and, mm-hmm. and minimal problems, as, as, as few problems as there can be in marriage. Can we have our producer put the sound of, yay! <laughs> Tom, make that happen. The go crowd ahead, Tom. goes crazy. <laughs> Thank you, Tom. Number two, here's the second way it can go. You can date, date really well. A great person. You respect each other. Your process is good. Your your, yeah. your timing is good. Your your counsel is good. Your and then is good. And then you just realize, you know, we're just we, we really like each other as brothers and sisters in Christ, but we're just not meant for each other. Like this isn't going to work. And you can break up, and it doesn't have to be weird. It doesn't have to be. You don't. You don't have to look back at just all kinds of regret and bad decisions. You don't have to like switch churches or friend groups or start attending the nine because she's at the eleven a.m. service or whatever. <laughs> like, it can yeah. just be. It can be friendship. Yeah. And you can actually. We're going to talk about this later on, but you can actually leave that dating relationship better than you were when you entered it. Mm-hmm. Right. So number one, do it well. You marry great. Woo-hoo. Great foundation. Number two, you date well. You break up. Still got a great friend and you're closer to Jesus. That's not bad. Number three, you can date really poorly. And by this, I mean, maybe you, you, maybe you're not dating the right person or you're, or you're, it's a great person, but you get selfish, you get carnal, you get S-E actual. (laughs) PG 13 folks. Again, you you have not had your children leave the room. Yeah. Yeah. Have them leave the room for this next word. You get a little horny and you don't. You don't. didn't even give them time to get out of the room. The kids like they're to. fast. They're fast little kids. They just sprinted out of the room. You do it poorly, and you get married, and you've got problems. You got a broken foundation. Yeah. You're lacking trust with one another. You're lacking respect with one another. You're you're you you through the course of that relationship, undeniably, you've drifted in your spiritual relationship with God, and. And you do a lot of course correcting for a long time to try to salvage a good marriage. And number four, the fourth way it can go, you date really, really poorly. You get carnal, selfish, asexual, horny. (laughs) You don't maintain it well. And then you break up and it is awkward. It's nasty. You, you just, you're, you're changing your friend groups. You're changing your church. You're changing your trajectory because you don't want to be anywhere near that person. Yeah, And you got a lot of regret and pain. Yeah. It affects things for so long. Like you think you run into that person on the street and it's like years later and you're like, Oh, this is awkward. Like I just made this. Yeah. There was just a visual treat for anybody who's watching the video here. I I spent 12 seconds looking for my water, which was right in front of me. Almost spilled. It's a very clear glass. (laughs) I just think, like, I think of even our lives in ministry, had we made huge mistakes, especially with people in the church, we probably wouldn't be doing what we're doing because, or they wouldn't be doing what they're doing. Like, I'm so grateful that we had some Like if Rachel had dated Aaron. Before we ever married. Yeah, and he was like 10. 
Hi. I was a very mature tenure. <laughs> okay, but seriously, okay, so we have we have now partners in ministry that are like our age. You know, mm-hmm. I, I'm thinking like McAdams, Flemings, uh, Taylors. Uh, who else is in our age range that are like McKenzies? Uh, Dan and Amber Litzinger. We we've knew these people as singles. We were yeah, all yeah. singles around mm-hmm. the same time. Had we had either one of us or or any one of them dated one another and done it really poorly, yeah, how bad? Like there would have been dysfunction in those relationships and the ripple effect around it. Yeah. Even if there'd been like really thorough repentance and forgiveness, there's still things that just change mm-hmm. in a relationship. Like we would probably, had we gone through that, can you imagine like, like Steve Fleming is one of our associate pastors. He and Crystal are like incredible. They are yeah. so us and they Love are so, so part of the DNA of new city. Right. Had, had anything like that happened, like between you and Steve or yeah. between Crystal and me, like, those relationships would have been stunted years ago. I guarantee now, like even if he had somehow ended up being an associate pastor on our staff, there would be issues related to that. But very likely had that happened, they would have never taken that path. They probably Mm -hmm. would have looked for an exit Mm -hmm. a long time ago because of the awkwardness that that broken relationships produce. Well, yeah, and there's just pain and hurt that sometimes is just very hard to reconcile correctly and thoroughly. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I think beyond just even those things that the pain and the hurt and the reality is like, you know, your perspective and your situation years down the road may seem a lot better and things like that. But what you lost out in that season is a time for foundation to be built, for things to be strengthened inside of you because or or in that relationship, because Stephen, he's been on staff for 20 years now, that strength of that relationship, even if things were in a strange way repaired and done, you lost five years, you lost yeah. 10 yeah. years, you lost, yeah. it, and you know, it wouldn't be the same strength as it would be 20 years later because you, right. you had to just work through and deal with those things, you know? Right. Yeah. So here's the relevance of that discussion for your life, whoever you are, wherever you are, there are relationships. You look at the way that the Bible speaks about the church family. It is exactly that. It is family. Like there's brothers and sisters and men, they're mothers and fathers. We're, we're going to get into more of that later in the podcast, but the, it is it is family. It is really family. And if if we approach this dating relationship idea just like the world, we are going to end up jacking up our family in major ways long term. God has someone for you. But you can't just approach this any way you want. You can't just do what comes natural. You can't just follow your impulses. There's biblical guidance for how to actually set yourself up well for a healthy marriage that's long-term going to be part of God's purpose and plan for his broader local church family. So raise your level of expectation. I was just preaching recently around this idea, but I, there, there's this great passage of scripture where Jesus, or God is speaking to Abraham, and he says, lift up your eyes. Look, as far as you can see, this is what I want to give you. In Galatians later, it talks about how we've received the blessing of Abraham. There's more that God wants to give you. There's more influence that he wants to give you. There's an opportunity he wants to give you. There's, there's, there's spiritual wealth, spiritual fruit that he wants to give you. Yeah. And I think so often when it comes to a lot of arenas of life, we can think, okay, how does God want me to handle this way? But somehow in the relational arenas, we can get impatient. We can feel like I'm going to miss my opportunity. I got to, sometimes I, I know people can think like, you know what? I'm just going to like do it the world's way until I get somebody. And then we'll together kind yeah. of figure out how to, how to do it God's way. And we'll repair things later once, once we're married. Yeah. Oh man, 
Lift up your eyes. God wants something more for you. He's got, he's got something more for you. So if you're still with us, I hope you're along for the ride uh, with expectation and with hope. And I, I hope you can hear the love in our, in our voices for you. We really care about your future. And so we're going to pray for you as we close out this podcast and look forward to, to what comes next. Before we pray, I'm going to just open it up. Any last thoughts? Any last thoughts on this kind of a arena before we close it? Yeah, I had this thought when we got into the idea, Rachel. You were talking about expectation and Rachel started to share about the idea of a chorus or the group of people or your family surrounding you, how they should be rooting for you. I think that's also a great way to weigh through, are your expectations aligned and realistic for God, for what God would desire and want for you? Because uh, I know in seasons and times of my life, far even beyond relationships and things like that, ministry, work, jobs, I've settled in areas because I've got discontent or lazy. I haven't lifted up my eyes to look at those things. And sometimes that chorus will remind me of my self-worth of those things. And I think, you know, in the world we live in today, uh, there's people that just their self-worth is so low and they need a chorus of people reminding them of like, no, there's more for you. You know, don't settle for this guy or don't settle for that girl. There's more for you. And uh, I think that's a great like litmus test just in general for my personal personal self before I even get into a dating relationship, before I value or before I move into that. Like, where am I at personally and where's my personal spiritual expectation? Because if that's not great, then I'm probably not going to be like looking at the greatest of spouses or people. You know, I'm going to be way more willing to settle on that. Well, one of the things that it's made me increasingly more excited about recording this podcast is um, a story I heard recently. Uh, some of you listening might know that years ago we presented like uh, a quick seminar for young adults. It was, it was how to not marry a jerk in three sessions. And it was just three separate sermons. And um, this is the upgrade on this. This is the update on this, um, on that. But um, one of, one of the young adult ladies in the church recently was watching through that. And it was like, I, I heard this secondhand from somebody else, so I might be skewing some of the details, but she was essentially saying like, this is mind blowing. I didn't, I've never even thought about relationships this way. I never even thought about evaluating who I'm going to be with and, and the process by which we should come together. It, cause all she'd ever seen was just kind of like the winging it mentality. And she would tell you, she's shared her testimony in our church. She would tell you like she wasted years in addiction and, and, and bad relationships and just like easy hookups. And now it's like, she's starting to sense, wait, God actually sees me as more valuable. He has something more for me. There's a better approach. And that's what we want you to hear there's a better approach Mm -hmm. because you are, man, if you're listening to this and you know Christ, that means you are, you are a child of God. You are his precious son. You are his precious daughter. And I'm telling you from the heart of a dad, like an evil limited human father, my heart for my kids is for them to have their very, very best. Your perfect father has something better for you. Lift up your eyes. He has more for you. I was just going to say, um, trusting God is a huge factor in it. When Nate and I were dating, we broke up and I remember in the middle of it, I mean, it was really sad cause I did think I was going to marry him, but I remember thinking, man, if I, I so trust the Lord, like I know that he has a way better outcome than I could make up for myself. I thought Nate was the perfect outcome for me. I thought he was the perfect goal for me. (laughs) But if that's not God's best for me, then I don't want it. And obviously right now, 
that's not God's best for me. For whatever reason, either maybe it'll be down the road and God will refine some things between the two of us and then it'll be God's best or maybe that won't happen. Maybe God has someone far greater than Nate and I yeah. I can't picture that right now, but I know that I trust God. Yeah. Like I remember telling my parents that and my parents being like, what? <laughs> like You're the best thing that could happen to anyone. And I was like, it's very nice of them to say, but... I think there was just like this solid trust in my heart at that yeah. in that season. I don't want to mess this up, but I 100% trust that God's got my heart. Yeah. Like I know that I can trust him. So what's ironic is if you know the reason behind why we broke up, it was because we had so many people so early on cheering us on that I felt like the decision was almost being made for me. Oh. I was like I don't want to just marry this amazing, great, godly, cute, attractive, fun girl because you all want me to. <laughs> I want to know I'm really, really in love with her. So it is ironic because mm -hmm. we really did. We had so many people cheering us on and excited about it that I didn't want to feel micromanaged and controlled. I'm going to make my own future. <laughs> oh, my gosh. And I was like, and that just everyone, everybody. everyone thinks it's a good idea. Okay. <laughs> no, uh, I, I'm thrilled uh, if it isn't apparent yet. I'm thrilled with... Uh, with my wife. Wait, well done, all you cheerleaders. You really knew that we, uh, we should be together. All right, so we're going to end with praying uh, for our listeners, and uh, we're going to trust God for great things in your future. I hope you can trust God for great things in your future. We're going to pray for exactly that. Jesus, I thank you, Lord, for, for fresh expectation. God, no matter what journey any one of these listeners has been on. Lord, I pray even if it's been met with heartache, with abuse, uh, maybe all kinds of missteps and, and wasted seasons, Lord, I pray that they would begin to lean in to the Father's voice today. I pray that they would begin to lift up their eyes to experience your healing, to experience your hope, to experience uh, your restoration and, and believe you for better rather than settling for the world's way of approaching relationships. Lord Jesus, I pray that they would lean in to your voice and lean in to, to your voice, even being shared through our voice. Lord, I pray any wisdom that we have, any love that we have, any guidance that we can give, Lord, I pray that they would, they would hear you through this. That's our greatest prayer. Let them hear your voice and let them know your will and your way. God, lift up their eyes and allow them to believe you for better. God, we pray for... Every one of these listeners, we pray that your spirit would be in them and, and lead them and guide them. And Lord, we're just grateful for the privilege to be a part of this journey with them. We pray your best for them in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 We're going to kick Megan.